Here we go, becoming financially fit. If you'll pay attention quickly, I will preach quickly. Amen? All right, I have a little something I need to get out of the way, though, because this is how culture functions. And so, should I eat lunch or not? I cannot believe that. What do you call that? Snake eyes? Devilish mess? People live their life that way. Hey, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. I'm not going to give to anybody, you know, per se. I'm going to be choosy. I know God loves me, and you gamble your life until the day of judgment. Some people live that way financially. Some people live that way and believe their kids are going to grow up to be great followers of Jesus Christ. But the whole time that kids were being raised, Christ was not a priority. The church wasn't a priority. And they expect miraculous results. I can tell you that in this message, you're going to hear some several points. There are notes in your bulletin. They're right there. If you take a look at them, there'll be a blessing. Here's the one I want to read to you, and I'm going to give you a different version. Job 8, verse number 7. Your beginnings will seem humble. So prosperous will your future be. How many of you are doing better today than uh, when you first started your professional career? May I see your hand? You're doing better today. It's good. How many of you families, um, you're doing better today than when you first started your family? May I see your hand? That's good. All right, here we go. That's important. Your beginnings will seem humble. But this scripture is based on the fact if you follow scriptural principles. We've had a wonderful time. We've understood a lot of principles about giving, about being financially fit. God is not disorganized. God is organized. I'll give you an illustration. The earth spins on its axis. Now, if it moves one degree this way, we would all burn up. If it moved one degree this way, we would all freeze to death. But it's exactly at the place where it needs to be that you and I can survive on planet Earth. Now, there are a lot of laws that I don't understand. Law of physics, law that relates to mathematics, the law of chemistry. I took chemistry, and the reason it was interesting to me, I thought maybe you could blow something up, you know, and uh, if you got the right combination. So those are laws that we understand. There are also spiritual laws, spiritual laws that are there, they're in the book. You take a couple like Josh and Whitney, uh, they were not raised on any spiritual laws. They didn't know much or anything about the Bible until they were introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ. But just because I don't understand a particular law doesn't make that it does not work. If I don't understand the law of physics, it still works. Here's one that I don't understand, and it's called the law of gravity. Einstein said, you will never understand the law of gravity. Why is that? Because if you go to the playground and you take a merry-go-round and you put somebody on the merry-go-round and three or four of you get it and you spin it and spin it and spin it and spin it, what is the propensity to happen to the person on the merry-go-round? They're going to have to hold on. You know why? Because we are all trying to spin them right off out to the ground. And that's, that will happen. But the earth spins around and around and around, and nobody spins out into the space. The earth says, no matter how I spin, the law of gravity draws me in. It doesn't push me out. So Einstein says, you don't understand that. I don't. But it is called the law of gravity, and we understand that. In the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, there are a lot of principles that we don't understand. Solomon, the wisest man, probably the most wealthy man that uh, ever lived, and we understand him as he writes in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Sunday night, we talked about the law and uh, the spiritual fit law of commitment, talked about the laws of money, management, and the law of debt. Today, we're talking about the law of sowing and, come on now, help me out. We're talking about sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping, all right? So fasten your seatbelt, stick with me. Here we go. Proverbs eleven eighteen. the wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness or right wise, right living will be certain to reap 
a reward. Sow and reap. Farmers did it for thousands of years. That is, hundred, or hundreds and hundreds of years. Farmers, of course, in biblical days, they would, they would take seed, and not like you might do in your little garden at home where you take, you know, a corn seed, and, and you take and you rake the ground, and then you push your finger and get your little hole, drop a seed in. Farmers, many years ago, would take a sack full of seed there, and they would do what's called broadcasting. I've done it when I was younger and, and uh, my dad's place and where I was raised. And you reach in and you do this. You reach in and you do, and you would broadcast area. That's where the word that we use in television, broadcasting. We're going for a large area, not just a pinpointed area, but we're broadcasting. And that's where that term came from. And so we know, we know that in Proverbs eleven eighteen, 18, the wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he sows in righteousness. He'll be certain to reap a reward as you broadcast the seed that is in your possession. Well, we understand, number one, these points, this. So everything starts as a seed. Say that with me. Everything starts as a seed. Everything in life starts as a seed. If it's a dream, it starts with the seed. If it's an achievement that's come to fruition, it starts as a seed. Every seed has a beginning. And God said right from the very beginning in Genesis 1:11, let the land, this is the word of God, let the land have seed-bearing plants and trees that bear fruit with seed in it according to their varieties. So he said there's going to be squash there's going to be cucumbers. There's going to be tomatoes. There's going to be carrots. How many like carrots? May I see your hand? How many do not like carrots? All right, God bless you. How many like sweet corn? May I see your hand? How many do not like sweet corn? All right, that's, that's good. How many like ice cream sundaes? See your hand? Got a better participation there. You have to keep going to get participation around here. You got to help me out. Now, here it is. Let the land bear seed and let the fruit have seed so that more product can come. We've already a cliche that anybody can count the seeds in an apple, but only God knows the number of apples in one individual seed. Only God knows. Why is that? That's called exponential, or exponential growth. Exponential growth. In other words, it's more than multiplication. The one exponentially reproduces more. And then this is what the Scripture, do not despise the day of small things. When I was talking to Jim Lee and over and over, and we would text from time to time, every, almost in, in many cases, any time that, that Priscilla had a little improvement, we would hang our hat on that little improvement. Well, the blood pressure's down. Let's hang our hat on that. Well, the breathing is a little better. Let's hang our hat on that. You know, uh, that you, you learn the small beginnings don't despise those things. Everything starts with a step of faith. How many of you realize, other than your salvation, that the largest step of faith you ever made now was when you got married? <laughs> it was. Do you promise to take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife, to have a know over this day for for rich and poor and better for worse and sickness and health till death do you part? And you don't get to decide that, say, I do. You didn't know what you were doing when you said that. Till death do you part. Hello? How many has had a fuss since you've been married? Come on now. I'm, if I'm going to get up an hour early to get up here to preach, then bless God, you're going to work it today. You're going to work it. So here we go. You see, Everything has a new season, a new start, and a new beginning, and it starts with a seed. How many of you have a, a small business, or you're the manager or the supervisor owner of a small business? How many of you started your small business with multiplied millions in the bank? There was no risk whatsoever for you to start your business. Let me see your hand. You know what? Every one of you that started a small business and you became whatever it is that you become that you have controlling, you had to exercise a step of faith to get it going. We hope it works. It might work, but it may not work. But we're willing to step out there in faith. Here's Job 8 verse 7. I told you, get it again. The, the what you start will seem small and insignificant. A little old seed. 
You'll end up in the future with much. So everything starts with the seed. Number two, nothing happens until the seed is planted. What does it mean? Well, I'll tell you what, I think I want some tomatoes, but I'm just keep this seed right up here. I think I want some cucumbers. I don't like cucumbers. Cucumbers don't like me. Forget you. <laughs> squash. I like squash, sauteed in onions. Hello? I, li- I like that. I like carrots. I like them. I could eat them raw. I like, I like sweet corn. I do. I like it one ear at a time. I do. I like all the, but if I leave them up here, you know what? Ain't nothing going to happen. So I'm going to make this point now. You can take that pack of seed and you can leave it and not plant it, and it's doing absolutely nothing. Can you imagine a farmer going out buying his life savings and seed, putting it in the barn? And then when it comes springtime, he goes and looks in the barn and he thinks, man, I got all that seed. I got it all right there, but that's quite a risk. My life savings tied up in that seed. But you know what? I don't know if I ought to plant it or not. If I take my life savings and and plant those seeds out there, I won't have anything. At least now I know I've got the seed. You know what? The bottom line is, the bottom line is nothing ventured, nothing gained is what he thinks. What is the reason God created the seed according to Genesis? Plant it. Put it in the ground. God said, if you plant it, put it in the ground, what will he do? He said, I will make it grow. The great tool of the farmer is to put it in the ground. But we've got an illustration, don't we? You got the five talents, two talents, one talent. Five, two, and one. You know the story? We used it in this session. Said the five guy, he multiplied his. The two guy, he multiplied his. And the one guy, what did he say? I, I lose my life savings. I put it here, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to plant. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to preserve it. Anything that God created to be planted that's not planted is not God's will. Look at all the things that God has given us together. When you put it in the ground, it's going to come to pass with God's grace and mercy. You see, you might say, well, I can't believe in the, in the environment. It's, it's a barren field, and I, I, don't know what I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do. You might say, well, I, I can't plenty. You remember what they said? They said, hey, we're, we're cut back. we got to quit on this other stuff. Here's what, here's what it's hard for the carnal mind. Anything that you do that is connected with a spiritual law of God, whatever you plant, you will sow or you sow, you will reap. That is a spiritual law. And when you learn it, you learn that it works. So let me move forward here. You see, God said, hey, or, or an individual farmer might say, I, but I don't, I don't know. I'm waiting, on, I'm waiting on you, God. Tell me what to do. Tell me how this is going to work. Step of faith, you don't know how it's going to work. You know what God is going to say? I've already given you my loss to sowing and reaping. Here it is. Read the book. And if you pay attention to it, you can begin to see a harvest that will, that will come to pass. Listen, some of you are suffering. Listen carefully. Some of you are suffering right now in your own family. Do you know why? You did not harmoniously practice the spiritual laws that God placed down for you. You may be comfortable, warm, and snug, but I promise you there are situations in your own family, for some of you, you would give almost everything you have to see that change in the life of one of your family members. Why? Because you sow, you reap. If you don't sow, you don't reap. Why? Because planting is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. Jesus explained that principle as it relates to the cross. In John 12, 24, unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, it cannot be produced. But if it dies, it will produce much fruit. If you believe that, say amen. We have salvation because Jesus was willing to plant his life as a seed. Number three, whatever I sow is what I will reap. Whatever you put in the ground is called the law of reproduction. If you put corn, how many of you know you're going to get corn back? If you put corn, you're not going to get watermelon out of it. If you plant carrots or whatever it is, you're not going to get a cucumber out of it. 
Whatever you plant, that's what you are in fact going to reap. And that's true in every area of your life. Listen carefully. If you plant friendships, you're going to get friendships back. If you plant encouragement, you're going to get encouragement back. If you plant loyalty, you're going to get loyalty back. In other words, you're going to get back that which you have planted. And you know what God says about Paul writes in Galatians 6, verse number 7, do not deceive yourself. No one makes a fool of God. You will reap exactly what you plant in life. Forgiveness, kindness, generosity, all those things. Judgment judgment of people, you're going to get judgment back. Gossip people, you're going to get critical and get it back to you. Negative. Here's what Proverbs 26, 27, he who digs a pit will fall into it himself. And he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. Hosea 10, 13, you planted wickedness and now you have reaped evil. He says, you plant it. I read a story of a group of high school guys, you know, planting their wild oats. How many know what that was like? Anybody here ever play any wild oats? Come on, come on now, come on. Come on, any of you ever play any wild oats? Let me see your hand. How many are grateful some of it did not come back? Sure, a group of high school guys, they sowed their wild oats on Friday night and Saturday night, and they were caught in the altar every Sunday morning saying, God, may we have a crop failure. We need a crop failure. We don't want what we planted last night to come back and haunt us, amen? Some of you had a crop failure, and you better be grateful to God that you did. You can't be deceitful. Here it is, Jacob. What does he do? He tricks and cheats his father and his brother. Why? He wanted the blessing. So he planted cheating seeds. He planted the seeds that says dishonesty. But you know, he said, hey, I got the blessing though, didn't I? Ends justify the means. But he cruises on down the highway and he sees this absolutely lovely gal that's related to his family. And he said, hey, I want to work for her. And guess what? His father-in-law that became his father-in-law said, well, you worked seven years, but now you're not going to get her. You're going to work seven more. You know what? What goes around comes around. Goes around, comes around. And we find that to be true in our lives. Your very attendance in this room right now will come back to bless you. It will. You sow a thought, you reap an act. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. And only God can cause you by faith and planting a seed in the other direction will cause you to be able to spin out of the cycle of the crops of bad seeds. Number four, I'm not the only sower. Say that with me. I'm not the only sower. That means that you and I are reaping both good and bad from what other people have sowed around us. There are people beside us, people of our family, our parents, our grandparents, and on and on that sowed good seeds that we reap the benefit of that today. Some of you were raised in good moral families, good families of, of, of great uh, commitment to God, and you're a product of that faithfulness of getting up, of going to church, that faithfulness of Bible, that faithfulness of Christian character, that faithfulness of Christian ethics, and you, my friend, have benefited as a result of that. Some of you, however, raised in families that were not committed to God, that were alcoholics, that were abusers, individuals that, that use slang all the time, individuals that cheated, and you are a product of that. And you say, I don't, I don't know, my whole family, that's, that's how I was raised. But listen to me carefully, friend. You today can make a decision to say, I now have an opportunity to plant my own seeds, and I'm going to spin out of that cycle that I was raised in into a cycle of productive harvest that brings glory and honor to the God that I serve. I believe that. I'm not the only sower. I'm not the only sower. Listen, mom and dad. Listen, mom and dad. Do your children know what your priorities are? Do your children know? Don't expect your kids. I want to say this in as much love as I can, but I want to say it in authority. Don't expect your kids to be avid churchgoers when you come to church ever great once in a while. And don't expect your kids to understand to put Jesus first when priority of Jesus comes whenever it's convenient in you and your family. And don't expect your children to understand what it means to serve God and allow him to be number one when they look at every opportunity that you see to be absent from the kingdom things of God. It will not happen. It will not happen. 
it won't happen. You may say, well, I, I was raised, I've raised my kids in church, and they're not in church today. Hey, hey, you'll learn. What they have, at least, is the foundation to know what is right. And they will not be able to run far enough But what they're going to find, God there, they'll not be able to get dug in low enough that they're not going to, they're going to find God there. They'll not fly high enough that they're going to find God there. They're not going to run out in the middle of the ocean, but what God is not there. He is God over the heavens and the earth, my friend. The seed you planted will come back with a harvest. Help me out and preach a little bit. It's true. It's the matter of sowing, sowing and reaping. You can break the chain. That's the power. As for me and my house, Joshua said, we're going to serve the Lord. Here's what some might say. Not you, just some. I want to welcome our online people today. Look at their hundreds and hundreds and hundreds watching right now around the world right here at Victory Church. Would you welcome them? Put your hands together. We love you online church. God bless you. The beauty about having a camera for online church, you can adjust the camera to make you look thinner. I'm wondering why you're laughing. Okay, try this on. Try this on for size. It's my life, and I can do whatever I want with it. I'm 18 years old now. I don't have to listen to what you say. I got my life. You live yours and I'll live mine. We need a little Medea love right there, I'm telling you. (laughs) Oh, really? Is that how it's at? I'll tell you what, you think you're 18, 21, whatever, and you think it's just your life and it's all about you, somebody in your house is going to quit paying your car insurance, quit making your car payment, quit putting food in your belly, quit giving you an opportunity to go to the movie, quit giving you any extra money to go to the fair. You ain't going. They're going to give you a credit card, and with your irresponsibility, you're going to mount that credit card up to oblivion, and then the credit agency is going to come call it and say, you owe us $25,000. Oh, Dad, can I get, I'm, I, they're taking my card. They're cutting my television off. They're taking my phone away. Can you help me? No, baby. You got your own life. Mom and I are going on cruise. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm going now, right now, and buy me a brand new convertible. Hallelujah. It's a Corvette. I've always wanted it. You don't really need a cell phone, darling. Y'all with me? Here's, here's, here it is now. I'm not done. It's my life and I can do. That's not even biblical. I am my brother's keeper. I do owe you, and you owe me. We owe one another. Amen? If you're in trouble, I'm in trouble. If you're flying high, I want to fly high. Why? Because we are of one body. Hallelujah. And when that one body gets of one mind and one accord, that body called the body of Christ can do the impossible. Can you say amen? Do you think I'm the only one praying for Priscilla Lee back there? Absolutely not. There were thousands of people that said, I may not know who she is, but I see her name and she needs prayer. We are one another's brother. And caregiver, my friend. That's just the way it works. John 4.38 says, I sent you to reap where you did not plant. Others had already done work before you, and you will gather the harvest. My life's not my own. I didn't get where I'm at by the grace of God without having others to encourage me, others to help pay the bills, Others to help make it happen. Others that do voluntary work. Number five, I always reap in a different season than from when I sow. 
You see, anything that has life, there's a time delay between the seed is planted and the plant becomes visible. I don't know about you. Are you like me? If I planted a seed, I'd be out there every day looking. When are you going to pop your little ugly head out of the ground? You know? It's about time I'm tired of seeing nothing. And, and you, like me, when you see it, just crack the earth. You celebrate? I, I celebrate. Amen? I celebrate. And then when the thing comes up, I thought, wow, that's unbelievable. You see, there's a time between what's called maturity. Time you plant it, it germinates, it comes out of the ground. You don't simply plant a seed in the ground and then go back the next day and say, oh, man, i got greatest apples in the world. It took overnight. Instant, instant success will ruin you. It will not develop you. It will not build your character. If you get a bucket load of money you did not earn, it will corrupt you. Somebody said, bring on the corruption. I got rust-oleum. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be right there at your door, okay, to be you don't get totally corrupted. And don't you think if you win the lottery, I'm not going to find out. What am I saying to you? It's like, oh God. All right, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna I'm gonna tithe, I'm gonna put an offering in, put it in an envelope, here it is, sign my name to it. And next week you say, I'm not doing anything. Why? Because I didn't see any results in the week. I did what it says, I didn't get any kind of a harvest in the week. Let me tell you what Solomon writes, Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything. And a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest. A time to scatter. Time to gather. Time to sow. And a time to reap. I sow the seed. And now, now God, I want to wait and see what you have for me. Fruit ripens slowly. How many have ever taken an avocado seed, put toothpicks in it? And then put it in water. Anybody ever, ever, you ever, how many, how about the balcony? I see you guys up there. I said, Graham, I got you up there. God bless. Y'all ever do that? Raise your hand. It's good. It's good. I did it. I don't know what for. But I did it. And what happened was exactly what was supposed to happen by nature. You know, I didn't put magic water. I didn't go get miracle Grow. miracle Grow wasn't even born then. <laughs> but it worked. Here, here's the understanding of Scripture. If, uh, if you take a tomato, let's take this tomato right here. This is a beefsteak tomato. A beefsteak tomato, they get about that big around. And you go to your store, and you can find a vine-ripened, Tomatoes grow on vines, right? Not always. Or you get your tomatoes. <laughs> a plant? Tomato plant? What's the difference between a plant and a vine? This is my message. And you had to sit on the front row. <laughs> we love you. But you get a tomato and you go, it's vine, it's vine wrapping, plant wrapping. Anyway, it's, it's homegrown. I'd rather have that than somebody who picks a green tomato and shoots, what do you call it? Makes it ripe immediately. You, you with me? So, so, so it's, it's called as you taste it, you take and they pick it and they gas it and it turns red. Well, you can tell it every single time. They gas that one, but this one came naturally. There's a big difference. I don't, see, some people expect things of God in the reproduction system just to be gassed. And it be as good as going through the process. You see, God said there is a reason fruit ripens. And that's why the value of that is absolutely important. Number six, I always reap more than I sow. 
That's true for the good and true for the bad. It's positive or negative. You always reap more than you sow. That's called the principle of multiplication. You see, if you take one kernel of corn, you put it in the ground. Is that where you guys put it in the ground? Good. We're, we're together. Mark, oh. You put one seed in the ground, you're going to get a stalk. You're going to get ears of corn out of that one seed. You're going to get more than the initial deal, the corn stalk and numerous ears. That's exponential growth that's going to take place. You, set, you get more than what you put in. So here's what happens. You say, God, these are some of the things I need. You plant the seed, and you'll always get more back. You know what we do? We sow misbehavior, and we sow bad seed. And I got to tell you, thank you, Jesus, because of God's grace and God's mercy, you don't reap because it's covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. But here's what happens. Mark 4, 8, some seed fell on good soil, came up, grew, produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, and even 100 times. What is he saying? He said, not all your plants bear the same amount of fruit. Some bear 30, some 60, some 100, and that's true in your life. If you plant seeds of bitterness, hatred, and resentment all around you, it's going to come back and going to haunt you. If you plant seeds of faithfulness, of friendship, of love, of finance, of talent, of time, it's going to come back and bless you. Number seven, I can increase my harvest by planting more seed. That's called the law of proportion. You reap in proportion to what you sow. If you sow a lot of seed, you sow seed you're going to get a lot of crop. You sow a lot in service, you're going to get service back. A lot in giving, you're going to get giving back. So here it is, 2 Corinthians, it's true in any area of your life. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Everybody with me? How many of you are married? How many like to be married? How many of you are happily married? More hands then than the first. How many of you ladies who are married, happily or not, your husband pursued you. Come on, ladies, you don't have to be ashamed. This is a safe zone. He's not going to hurt you. How many of you men, you absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt, she pursued you? <laughs> Matt, Matt, she pursued you. Get him up real high. I don't know why. <laughs> now, you really believe she pursued? Did you pursue him? Jesus, help us. <laughs> you told me, Tim, that Kelly pursued you. Is that right? <laughs> Kelly, you pursued him? He pursued you? Well, apparently y'all got together. <laughs> you know what? Here, here's my point in that. Taylor, God said, I want you to pursue me. I want you to pursue my laws. I want you to pursue the principles. I want you to sue this stuff that your carnal nature won't let you pursue. I'm in love with you. I care about you. I'm going to give you my best. But you're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to understand the spiritual laws. When I say if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap less. If I say the more you sow, the more you're going to get. The more faithful you are, the more blessing you're going to have. You can increase your harvest by planting more seed. That's the law of proportion. If you sow wonderfully, it'll come back and bless you. Everyone should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What does he mean? Your heart and mind embrace what the Bible says. Now, when they said we had a downturn and we thought we would try violating a principle, we would get God, do you know what? 
There may be some times in your life that you sowed good seed and you have not reaped a harvest yet. Yet. Maybe you wrote a check for $100,000. Maybe you did. Into ministry. And you say, buddy, that was our savings. That was retirement, but we felt led of the Spirit to write that check. We just felt that's God. And we did it. And pastor, that's been three years. I haven't had a raise since then. But when your baby got sick or your grandbaby got sick, and they're saying they're not going to make it through the night, Unless a miracle takes place, they're not going to make it. You may not have gotten a raise, but the shadow of the Almighty came in in the night and touched your baby, touched your grandkid. And I ask you this, my point is this. When you act in faithfulness, God rewards according to his will. Don't you ever put God in a box that he cannot give you what he desires for you to have because of your faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, God. As we understand that, the only way some of us have made it is because we sowed faithfulness. And in the middle of challenge, we should have been cut off at the knees, but the grace of God came down and smiled on us. The difference in tithing, the tithe belongs to God, and charitable giving. You might have a son that's pastoring a church. I don't know if, you, I don't know if anybody does, but... Well, I'm going to send my tithe to him. That's not what the Bible says. Your tithe comes where you get fed. You can send offerings. Send them. Do it. I know some men, some people, they will say, um, I, want, I want to give $10,000. I want to give $10,000, and I want it to do this. Okay, you, you can designate, quasi-designate. But here's what I found. I don't want to designate the tithe because God's the one that owns that. That's his. If I want to give to the retirement center called Over the Hill Ministries <laughs> and ain't coming back, I can do that. <laughs> Amen? Are you with me? And listen, some of you were born, some of you were born to make money financially. Listen, the reason that is, God's using you as a conduit, not for you to have 14 and a half houses on 16 islands somewhere. That won't work. 14 and a half would have to be on 14 and a half islands. <laughs> it's not about you, it's about Him. Number eight, well, let me say, Proverbs 11 24. I'll wait on my tech team. Proverbs 11:24 page uh, in your notes. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Number eight, the time to start planting is now. I'm going to ask you to plant a seed here in a little bit to the development fund. But I'm giving you a good old-fashioned message as it relates to stewardship and your talent. These, this couple over here said, I make this right here. I'm giving the rest to my friend. And he did it. The time to plant seed is now. Nothing happens until the seed is planted. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And if you sow more, you're going to get more. And there's never a better time than now. The fact is, 
The fact is, one of these days, I'm going to start giving. One of these days, I'm going to start serving in the church. One of these days, I'm going to get in the choir. One of these days, I'm going to start coming to church. One of these days, I'm really going to start my devotion. You know what I, I want to tell you? One of these days is none of those days. If you keep waiting for one of those days, it is not going to happen. You can post that on Facebook, by the way. That's a good quote. One of these days is none of those days. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until the perfect time. Ecclesiastes 11, here's a good scripture. Those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds. And those who look at every cloud will never reap a harvest. You can take a picture of that on the screen. Put that on social media too. That's a fact. Here's the point. We're, we, we, we wait until perfect conditions. Perfect conditions will never come. Let me tell you, you business people know this. If Because perfection, perfection paralyzes potential. If some of you guys waited until the right time for the exact moment to be able to take advantage of an opportunity, you're going to be waiting and you're going to miss a great opportunity. If you're looking for perfection, don't get into business, friend, because nobody is perfect and it's not going to be a perfect business. But if you're looking at something that says, I can exercise my faith, I can give it my best effort, I'm going to work and believe God, then get out there and go to planting the seeds and God will guarantee a harvest will come back in your direction. Well, I said, prove it. Here it is, Ecclesiastes eleven six. Do your planning in the morning and the evening too. You never know whether it will all grow well or whether one planning will do better than the other. In other words, plant seeds everywhere you go. So the other day I'm in a restaurant. We sing that song, isn't it? I give myself away. But what's the other part? I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Huh? Same thing? You'd think an intelligent person would know two lines exactly alike, wouldn't you? But I don't. Give myself away. So the server came to the table. Something's wrong. Pay attention to people. Somebody said, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? She said, well, my uncle had a bad wreck last night. He's in Lakeland Regional. He's got a brain bleed. They don't expect him to live. Can I take your order? Nope. We're going to pray right now. I know she doesn't go to church. She hadn't been here yet. She doesn't go. I said, wait a minute. My order's not the most important thing right now. We'll be in five minutes. But we're going to pray for your uncle. The person with me, when I said, come on, bow your heads, he goes. And I prayed, Lord Jesus, you touch her. I said, what's your uncle's name? I interrupted my own prayer. What's your uncle's name? She told me the name. I called his name out. I prayed. She went to weeping like a baby. Went to crying. You know what? No one, no one had ever taken the time out. To do something spiritual. Oh, we really hope your uncle gets better. Hallelujah. But that's not praying. Praying, hallelujah, the effective prayer of a righteous person avails much. You have to plant the seed of prayer. Made a total difference in her life at that point. Give give yourself away. Plant those kind of seeds wherever you go. See, so 2 Corinthians 9, 10, for God who supplies seed to the farmer and bread to eat will give you more and more seed to plant and will make it grow so you can give away more and more fruit from your harvest. Planting seeds of encouragement, planting seeds, boy, you look good today. Well, what if they don't look good today? Say, boy, when I look, if you say, you look good today and you think, well, what if they don't look good today? Then say something like, you know, your face is one of a kind. I don't know that I've ever seen a face that looks just like yours. God made you unique. And I want you to know your face reflects the beauty of God. I mean, you can come off with something, can't you? (coughs) Last one. To reap a harvest, I must be patient and never give up. That's it. 
<laughs> some of you right now in this season of your life, you're finding yourself doing a whole lot of planning and planting and planting and planting and planting and planting and planting. And you've been planting for years. Then you haven't seen a harvest. <coughs> That's what a cough sounds like on the microphone. <laughs> I know some of you just looked at your watch. I'm, I'm aware. That's life. But do not forget, you plant, 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 plant. The scriptural principle is God said, I will give you a harvest. You don't want God answering and hurrying up the planning process. Mark 4, the, this, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, and whether he's sleeping or not, or whether he gets up, the seed sprouts. And grows though he doesn't know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head. Then the full kernel of the head. We must not become weary in well-doing. We will reap a harvest at the right time if we do not give up. Listen carefully to me. Don't invade the corpus. What that means is, I have watched, and I did estate planning, I watched a lot of people near retirement come to the realization that they did not have an adequate amount for retirement. And someone came along with a quick deal to make some quick money. And someone else who's a friend, quote unquote, so that's a good deal. And they put it all out there because the goal was I got to do this now. Or this is what's going to happen. What am I saying to you? Do not try to do God's business. You will get in trouble every time. You say, well, I know some people who did it. They can consider themselves extremely blessed. But the rule is, if I throw this dice up in the air, it's gone. Yard talk. It's gone come down. Anybody not believe that? That's nature. The law of God is the same. My responsibility as your pastor is to mold you to create something in your head and in your heart that paves a way where it's easy for God to flow through you. Where it's easy for God to do miraculous things out of your acts of obedience. Some of you learn, some of you learn that over a period of time. You tried to live your life. Shawn Michael, there, a wrestling champion, lived his life until one day God came along with the scales of balance. And he said, Hey, what about me? And since that day, I can tell you, he's been faithful. God. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Here we go. Yeah.
Yet tonight, what say you? That's the message title. Going to be an hour service, and then, if you care, be my time to enjoy myself out there on the rides. I'm going to have a good time. So I pray that you'll come and enjoy yourself. The proceeds from the the uh, fair all goes to missions. Aren't you grateful about that? It goes to our missions and our youth and children, and so that's where it goes. So that you know. So um, we're thankful to God for that, and we're thankful for a Christian uh, operator of a fair who says, hey, I, I weigh into that. I believe in the power of giving. Let's do this together. So that's what that we have done by the grace of God. So we're so thankful. So uh, enjoy your afternoon. How many intend to take a nap? May I see your hand? Is it good? How many, how many you're, not nap, you're not nappers? You don't nap. You're just not nappers. It's good. You can come over and mow my lawn. So you don't need a nap. Bow your heads. If you're not right with Jesus, if you're not right with Jesus, you don't need to leave here until you know in your heart you're right. A local church cannot save you. Shaking a preacher's hand surely isn't going to save you. Quoting a whole chapter in the Bible is not going to save you. Being an honor scout is not going to save you. What will save you is you confess your sins. Jesus will forgive you. And you're here and you're carrying a heavy burden. That burden can leave if you're obedient to come down and we'll anoint you with oil. But just in case, would you repeat this prayer? Dear Jesus, I've sinned and I need forgiveness. Come into my heart. Cleanse my heart. In Jesus' name, I believe I have confessed my sins, and I am now forgiven. We praise you. Amen. I love you, everybody. God bless you. If you need to come down, you come down. We're going to hang here, and your need can be met. God bless you.